Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Betting Pros NFL podcast. I'm your host, Dan Harris. You can find me on Twitter at DanHarris80. Earlier this week, we broke down some of the over-unders for the AFC. Today, we're going to tackle the NFC. With me to do that is Ian McMillan, a writer over at oddshark.com. You can follow him on Twitter at IanMacOS. That's I-A-I-N, MacOS. Ian, how are you holding up with no live sports? Have you found anything to quench your gambling thirst? Uh, yeah, I've been bet- betting on Madden simulations, to be completely honest. Um, yeah. I mean, they're a complete coin toss, but at least gives me something. Uh, if I close my eyes, it kind of sounds like it's actual NFL. So the, th- that's the sportscasters, but the sportscasters are really good. I, I feel like on Madden, at least on, on Madden 20, like, I, you know, I, I'm not a huge gamer or anything, but they really sound realistic. The commentary is actually kind of decent. Yeah, if you close your eyes, you might think you're in a real sporting event. Yeah, exactly. So that's yeah. that, that, that's what's getting me through the days uh, nowadays. Yeah. And if I remember you, like you were sort of the master of everything, right? So this must be crazy for you. You've never been, well, you, you could write that if I remember reading some of your stuff, like, I mean, you weren't limited to baseball and football. You ran the gamut, right? In terms of what you covered over there. Yeah, I did a little bit of everything. So it's, uh, yeah. Tough All time right. for me, man. Yeah. But, I mean, golf hopefully sounds like it's going to come back in yep. about two months. So that, that's some light at the end of the tunnel, I guess. Yeah. And again, you know, the, the powers that be are at least sort of it seems like everybody understands that sports are important, you know, in the grand scheme of things. Of course not, given what everybody is dealing with. But overall, it's just important for the psyche of yeah. the country. Right. I mean, we you know, th- this would we'd all be able to deal with this a little better if there was, you know, live baseball on right now especially when football comes back yeah i mean that, that that's what sports are they're an escape for everyone and now more than ever we kind of need an escape from from things so yeah uh, yeah hopefully they come back soon well the nfl continues to roll around uh roll along as we're getting right to the draft so uh let's jump into some nfc over-unders here uh as usual we're going to be using the consensus odds over at bettingpros.com that's the aggregate of the odds that are available at the various sports books where you can place a bet. Uh, and you can find those over at bettingpros.com slash NFL dash wins. And if you're interested in the draft, I just said it's coming up. You can go to bettingpros.com slash draft dash props. Uh, you can get consensus odds on pretty much any possible prop bet that you can place uh, on the draft coming up next week. And we will be doing an episode next week on those draft props. But in the meantime, if you want to check them out, you can go over there, bettingpros.com slash draft hyphen props. All right, Ian, let's uh, get started with the NFC East here. This is a division that's kind of broken down into the haves and the have-nots. You've got uh, two teams on top with the Cowboys and the Eagles, both of which are over under nine and a half. And on the other side, you've got the Giants with an over under of six and the Redskins at an over under of five. Any of these do you find enticing, either the over or the under on any of them? Uh, I kind of like the Cowboys over. Uh, to be completely honest, uh, they are actually tied for the second easiest schedule uh, this upcoming season. Um, so, and they, so it's at nine and a half, it looks like. So, I mean, they they should have got double digit wins last year. They kind of blew it late in the year. Um, they still have a very good offense, obviously, a pretty solid defense. And with that second easiest schedule, I mean, that that's the one that sticks out to me the most would be the over on the Cowboys. Yeah, you know, that's interesting because if there was, you know, I, I don't, boy, I hate to admit this. I don't love a ton in the NFC. I, I had a little, you know, stronger reaction to uh, Adam Burke and I talked about it earlier this week about the AFC. But, you know, I actually kind of leaned the other way uh, okay. on the Cowboys. Now, I, I will be honest. 
I'm I'm kind of in the minority. You look at the the juice that's on it. It's you know minus one twenty one. This is a consensus minus one twenty one to the over, even money to the under. So they're they mm-hmm. they want you to take the under. Um, so you're kind of you know you're, you're where the sharp side of it probably is. But I I, I think for me you know I, I get it. The the offense is you know largely intact. They re-signed Amari Cooper. Uh, they still have Dak Prescott and. They got rid of Jason Witten, whatever. But Blake Darwin is, is perfectly capable. He'll see an increase from the 39% of the snaps he saw last year. They did lose Travis Frederick. That's a big loss on their offensive line. And again, they've been known for their offensive line for a couple of years. But I felt like if you looked at it last year, it was a little, you know, it was a little dicier than it had been recently. And I think losing Frederick's only going to make that a little bit worse. And on the defensive side, look, I mean, you lose Byron Jones and you lose, uh, Robert Quinn, those are those are pretty big losses. And I get that they've, you know, they've added Dontari Poe and Gerald McCoy and Ha Clinton Dix. And they may have the best pass rush in the NFC if Alden Smith and Randy Gregory, you know, play out how they could, but you know, that that's still pretty big question marks. They're they're not uh, a bad team. And their defense definitely should have been better. And you know, you do look at their schedule. You mentioned it. Yeah, in terms of opponents winning percentage, it's really easy. It's right up there, second or third, whatever it is. But, you know, you look at the way their games break down, Seahawks in Seattle, Ravens in Baltimore, Vikings in Minnesota, they've got the 49ers, the Steelers, the Browns are going to be a lot better than last year, the Rams, teams are going to give them a fight, and I don't know whether or not switching, you know, to Mike McCarthy from Jason Garrett is really going to be enough to make them play better than they should have been. It just, it strikes me as a team that, looks similar to last year where they should have been better i agree um but you know they they were eight and eight so i could see nine and seven but over nine and a half it just it strikes me especially again and i will make it clear getting even money on the under is is really one of the reasons i liked it if it was if the 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 vig wasn't as good i I probably wouldn't love it as much but to me i don't know man a lot of their games especially considering you know they've got the tough games on the road like I, i can't see them beating the Ravens in Baltimore. It's hard to see them beating the Seahawks in Seattle. The Vikings maybe, um, but in Minnesota, it's just, it's not, it's not something, again, the Steelers are going to be better. The Browns are going to be better. So their winning percentage of their opponents, I don't know, is really indicative. I've talked a lot. So you go ahead and make your case there. Yeah, no, I mean, those are all fair points. One thing that you did bring up uh, that is a really good point is the change of head coach. I mean, I'm not a Jason Garrett believer whatsoever. So, I mean, when they got rid of him, uh, it would have made me think that, that that they'd be a better team, but then hiring Mike McCarthy, I mean, who knows if, if that was the right call in that situation. I mean, Mike McCarthy has won a Super Bowl, so it's kind of hard to speak too negatively of him. Um, Although I will say, before you jump into that further, yeah. is that last year when the Jets, my team, were looking for a head coach, I was happy when they when they got Adam Gase mm. as opposed to Mike McCarthy. Now, that just may be my own personal thing, and I'm certainly not excited about Adam Gase. But it was more about, I guess, probably for me, to be fair, the fact that you sign Mike McCarthy, he's probably there for five years, regardless of what happens, where they can probably get out from Adam Gase, hopefully after this year. But yeah, it depends. Maybe he's all in on analytics now, right? You spend all that time watching analytics or whatever he said that he said to Jerry Jones to get the job. But yeah, it's probably not a downgrade at the very least uh, from Jason Garrett, who screamed mediocrity. Now, I mean, there's another coaching change uh, in the NFC, so not to get too far off uh, the Cowboys here, obviously, no, but uh, the Giants, obviously, uh, bringing in Joe Judge. 
I mean, it's hard to tell with win with win percentage or uh, with win totals how much a head coach is going to have an effect on that. But four wins last year for the Giants, over under six this year. Can they improve more than two wins in order to hit the over for the Giants? That's a little bit tough to tell. How much is Daniel Jones going to improve? Um, I mean, obviously they have offensive line issues that uh, that they need to address. Um, if I were to look at another NFC East team, I think I would have to go the under in that Giants win total of six. Uh, I just don't think that they've made the improvements, enough improvements to to improve by more than three wins this upcoming season. Yeah, this time we're on the same side. That was the other one that I was kind of looking at, that if I had to pick one here, I'd like the under uh, on six. Yeah, they just really haven't done any. I mean, they added James Bradbury. He's good. Blake Martinez, fine. They kept Leonard Williams around, but they their offensive line stinks. They've got no... Yeah pass rush i mean you know they they've got what the fourth overall pick so you know everybody thinks they're going to take simmons you know out of out of clemson and you know you've got saquon healthy for a full year and you've got another year out of jones but you know again their schedule just like the cowboys is pretty easy when you look at opponents win percentage at, at least and you know they've got the redskins twice they've got the Bengals, and since they've gave me you know the cardinals an improved team at home but you know even if you give them all that, they still need three more wins. They get the Ravens in Baltimore, the Bears in Chicago, the Rams in Los Angeles, the Seahawks in Seattle. They've got to play the Bucks, who are going to be improved, of course, with Brady. The Steelers, who should be improved with Big Ben there. The Browns, which should be improved. The 49ers. You know, uh, unless they can split against the Cowboys and the Eagles, and the Cowboys and the Eagles are both much better teams than the Giants. So it's hard to see them getting to seven. So. With that one, I agree with you. I don't know. We'll, we'll touch on this before we go. There's one other coaching change, and that's the Redskins, uh, yeah. you know, who are bringing in Ron Rivera. Their over-under is five, and, man, it is it is hard when an over-under is that low to not be like, I mean, just football. You know, that that's the way football is. You've got these teams that look like they'll be abysmal, and you get, man, how are you going to get more than three wins? But I don't know. I, this was not one that I felt good about on either side. Do you want to touch the Redskins over under five at all? Or is that one that you're just like, nah, that's about right. I'm running away. Yeah, I'd run away from that one. And the main reason why is just I don't know what Dwayne Haskins is going to do. I don't know. Maybe the Redskins might even draft a different quarterback uh, in, in this upcoming draft. So right now with the way things stand, I would have to just stay away with the Redskins because just way too many question marks. Uh, but I do like the the Redskins coach hiring uh, is, uh, um, better than the other two in the NFC East, though. So uh, that's one positive for the Redskins. Yeah, sure. Ron Rivera is is certainly uh, an admired coach. He's going to bring, you know, a, a good just sort of psyche to that team. The one thing to think about, by the way, when you're looking at all the over-unders that are coming, especially now, we'll talk about it here with the NFC East, is that, you know, there may be short training camps right now yeah. with everything that's going on. So it might see an effect on implementing any of these new systems, which could, you know, even if the, the season starts on time, it could make a real difference. So it, it is a little something where, again, that, that's probably a little bit why I lean the unders on both of those that I talked about, the Cowboys and the Giants, because I also think that's an added thing that's going to hurt some of these teams uh, that have changed coaches. Yeah, that's a really good point. Let's move on here to the NFC North. Uh, this one's a little more jumbled. You've got both the Packers and the Vikings over under of nine, the Bears over under of eight. And the Lions over under of six and a half. What do you think here? Any of these uh, strike your fancy a little bit? I'm, I'm to be honest, I'm a little bit surprised that the Packers are at nine. I, I, I would have, if they were at ten, I would have taken the under. 
I think this is going to be a year of reckoning for older quarterbacks, and that includes Aaron Rodgers, and that includes some other quarterbacks we're going to touch on here in some other divisions in the NFC. Um, the biggest one that probably sticks out to me there in the NFC North is the Bears. I think they were lucky to be 8-8 eight and eight last year. I don't think Nick Foles is not the answer at quarterback. Um, so I would lean the under in the Bears. That would probably be my best bet out of, out of that group. But uh, a lot of question marks in the NFC North, uh, especially at quarterback. Is Kirk Cousins going to do anything for the Vikings this year? Um, I mean, they, they got rid of Stephon Diggs. There's rumors about them getting OBJ. Let's see if they get OBJ. I don't think they're going to. Uh, but probably the biggest one I, I would lean towards is the under in the Bears. I just... I. They, 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 they need a quarterback. They need a quarterback. They just don't have enough offensive weapons. And I don't think Nick Foles is the answer there. I think the one thing that I feel when I look at the teams in this division is that none of them has gotten better. Yeah, is that, that possible? Like they all just seem worse than yeah. they were last year, right? Am I crazy or is that is that how you look at them too? That, that's exactly how I look at them. Yeah, I mean, obviously we still have a little bit of ways to go, especially with the draft as well. But uh, to this point of the offseason, none of them have improved. They've all probably got slightly worse. Yeah, uh, I so agree. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you touched on them, but I think, you know, if there's one that I kind of like here, it's probably the Packers uh, over nine. I don't necessarily know if they'll get to 10, but I feel pretty confident that they'll at least mm-hmm. get to nine. And that it would be a push. It almost, I think they were over under nine last year. And I said the exact same thing coming in. It's a four win drop from last year. And I get that they played, you know, they were not, they were the one of the worst 13 and three teams yeah. probably of all time, right? Even though they made it to the NFC championship game, they were not a 13 win team. But, you know, even with the quiet offseason, you know, they lost Brian Balaga, you know, Jimmy Graham, whatever, and Geronimo Allison, also whatever. They've lost some key pieces on defense like Blake Martinez, BJ Goodson. Kyler Fackrell and their additions have don't really move the needle. I mean, they so desperately need a second receiver and the idea that Devin Funches is going to solve all this. Now, this is a really deep receiver class for the draft. So this could be something that they'll get here. But, you know, Rick Wagner on the offensive line, Christian Kirksey's fine um, on defense, but they're really not, you know, they, they need someone on offense, whether or not they draft somebody or Alan Lazard comes out or Jay Sternberger takes that step. They, they certainly need somebody to step up here, you know, they've got a pretty tough overall schedule, but, you know, they are better. You mentioned that the Bears should be worse. I agree with that. The Lions and the Bears and that they get the Panthers, they get the Jaguars, the Falcons. I just feel like to get to at least nine wins, especially with this division, I think they can get there. And just, I don't know, man, maybe it, maybe it's the optics of seeing a, a four win drop. You know, that's a lot. That's yeah. a lot, you know, and uh, even though they weren't that good, to me, I just feel like your worst case at this point is a push. By the way, it's minus 110 on both sides, so it's not leaning either way. But I think I'd go with the over on the Packers. I, I agree with you that I'm not sitting here being like, "Woo, boy, they're going to get to 10 wins. I feel really good about that. But I do think nine is is probably, I feel very confident they can get to nine and at worst push. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think I think nine's probably the right number. Like I said, I'm kind of I'm surprised it's that big of a drop off since they had 13 wins last year. I thought that number would be 10 um, at least. So I would have taken the under if it was 10 at nine. I think that's the right number. So that that's kind of a stay away uh, for the Packers uh, for me. The only other one in the North that I kind of liked, and I, you know, again, I I I feel like I'm I'm at the extremes right now. I mean. The numbers aren't huge in this division, at least. I mean, the top one is over nine and the bottom one is over under six and a half. So it's not a huge difference, but I kind of lean under on the Lions. This has just been, to me, this has been a really bad offseason for the Lions. I mean, their defensive line is completely decimated. 
they lost Snacks Harrison and Ashawn Robinson, Mike Daniels, Kennard. They they lost Arius Slay, you know, who I get. There was a lot of, you know, a lot of people thought that he underperformed last year. He just seemed miserable. I, I really, you know, I think that he's fine and he'll he'll be a boon to the Eagles. You know, they brought in Desmond Trufant, but he's no, you know, he's not what he once was. They did add Deron Harmon from the Pats, but I don't really think that their pass defense um, is is going to improve significantly, and it wasn't good last year. And then, look, they, they signed, you know, they overpaid for Vitae on their offensive line, but they, they're down Glasgow and Wagner. I mean, they have a, a really high pick. They have some easily winnable games like the Redskins and the Jaguars, maybe the Panthers. But again, you know, we, we've talked about the schedules and, you know, I don't want to go crazy with the win percentage because teams change, obviously. You know, that, you know, that when you're playing the Patriots this year, for example, it's different than it would have looked when you're playing the Patriots last year. But mm-hmm. they've got the fifth toughest schedule, I believe. They're tied for that in opponents' win percentage. It, it's not an easy schedule. So as much as I don't love any of the other teams in the division, they all, to me, seem like they can pretty well handle the line. So strikes me as more of a five or six win team as opposed to six and a half. So if I was looking at one other bet here, I kind of like the under on six and a half for the Lions. I don't know how you feel about that one. Yeah, I do. And uh, another point about the Lions, their coach, Matt Patricia, I don't believe in Matt Patricia. A few things have kind of come out this offseason that the players don't really like him either. So uh, I think that's a recipe for disaster in, in, in Detroit this year. I think Matt, Matt Patricia is not their guy. Yeah, well, I I would be surprised if he makes it past the season, absent a miraculous turnaround. And again, yeah. to be to be as fair as possible, they were not terrible with Stafford in there. I, you know, yeah. once Stafford went out, they just completely went in the tank. But really, I just I don't see it from this team right now. And I, I don't expect, uh, you know, I think they're clearly going to be the worst team in the division. And I think five or six wins is really where I could see them top out, unless I'm, I'm really misjudging the team uh, at this early point. Let's move here to the south, where we've got uh, a really kind of interesting division because you've got of course Brady coming in and changing the entire dynamic of the Bucks but you've got the Saints leading the way at an over under of 10 and a half the Bucks with an over under of nine the Falcons with an over under of seven and a half and the Panthers with an over under of five and a half so what do you think here well I mean <laughs> the one that sticks out to me obviously uh, if you remember I'm a massive Falcons fan I mean I think this is too low of a number for the Falcons and even me I might be a little bit biased uh, Dan Quinn still obviously concerns me a lot. That was some of the worst coaching I've ever seen in my life the first half of their season. Uh, but they finished, what, 6-2 and two the last eight games uh, at the end of the year, including a win over the 49ers, who are obviously in the Super Bowl. So, I mean, that that roster is too talented for 7.5. Like, they just need to go 8-8, eight and eight and they hit the over on that. I mean, in my mind, that's that's the biggest lock in all of the NFL for over-under win totals now. I understand, obviously, big Falcons fans, so a little bit biased there. But as far as the other teams... Uh, in the NFC South. I mentioned uh, when talking about the Packers, I think this is going to be a year of reckoning for older quarterbacks. And in that group, I believe Drew Brees is going to take a big step back this year. Um, we saw kind of flashes of it last year. He wasn't the Drew Brees that, that he used to be. Um, and same with the Bucks. I mean, the Bucks win total, their Super Bowl odds, all their futures shot up when they got Tom Brady. I mean, I don't think... I mean, how, Tom Brady, I mean... You can't play at a high level that Tom Brady plays at forever. I mean, what is he now? 42 years old. He didn't look good last year, and I don't think he's going to get better on the Bucs. He obviously has a little bit more offensive weapons on the Bucs than he did in the Patriots last year, but 
I mean, father time at some point is, is going to catch up to Tom Brady, and we saw flashes of that last year. So I don't think Tom Brady is worth as much as what the odds makers are making him worth uh, uh, for the Bucks. So I like the under in the Bucks. I like the under in the Saints, and then the over in the Falcons, and then the Panthers. I'm, I just stay away from that team because I don't even know. I don't even know who's like who's going to be a quarterback. Well, no, it's going to be Teddy Bridgewater, but. They just signed Christian McCaffrey to a big deal. That's always a little bit of a curse for a running back lately, uh, getting signed to a big deal. So Panthers are just a little bit of a question mark for me. I'd, I'd stay away from from the Panthers' win total. All right, I like the strong takes. And as somebody who's old himself, I, I take a little bit of offense of <laughs> how, how bad you're hitting on uh, these older quarterbacks. But yeah, so here, first of all, you seem, just to be clear, this, you said over Falcons, and I, I get that you're a Falcons fan, but I assume that you're able to put that aside when you're assessing the team. That's your favorite over-under of the NFC. Is that what you're saying? Oh, yes. I, I, I already know I'm going to be placing. I need, I want to see how the draft goes because I, I need to see who they're going to take in the first round. It's it's hopefully going to be either a pass rusher or defensive back, but I plan on making a very sizable bet on their on the over on their win total this season. Interesting. Okay, so I mean, I I lean towards the over as well. I but I don't feel all that strongly about it. And you know, for me, it's again offensively they should largely look the same, right? I mean, they they got rid of Devonta Freeman, but they added in Todd Gurley. They got rid of Austin Hooper, but they got Hayden Hurst. Which to me, I I don't really think that's a huge difference. It, when I when I'm looking at it, I I hope Austin Hooper fans don't yell at me, but. You know, you get another growth from uh, Calvin Ridley. They were 15th in offensive DVOA last year. So I, I think they'll be fine offensively. And again, as always, they've, they've got to find a way to stay healthy on defense. And they added uh, Dante Fowler, so they'll have a better pass yeah. rush. For me, the reason why I'm not, you know, jumping for joy about them is, you know, the schedule. Again, we, we, we've talked about it a lot here. Don't go crazy with opponents' win percentage, but it's the fifth toughest tied. And, you know, the division outside of the Panthers is tough. You know, I, I'm not ready to, to, you know, I'm not saying you're writing them off, but I do think the Bucks are probably a better team. I do think the Saints are certainly a better team. And when you look at their schedule outside of the division, they're at Green Bay. They're at Arrowhead. They've obviously got to go, you know, at New Orleans, one of the games, and at Tampa. They've got to go at Minnesota. At Dallas, they've got tough road games. Those games yeah. are tough to win, right? Because they've got a, a pretty nice little home field uh, going on there. So that's really what worries me a little bit about them. And the reason, again, it, if I'm going one way or the other, I'm, I'm going over. And it is one of the ones that I like better. I don't love this division at all. But it is one of the ones that I liked a little bit better. But I would go over a little bit with them, but not jumping for joy because of the schedule and because how tough their road games is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. And And... The biggest concern for me with the Falcons, especially on offense, uh, obviously talented at almost every single position, but it is their offensive line. I'm a big believer in trenches. The trenches, offensive and defensive line, are the most important positions on a football team, um, and their offensive line is questionable. Now, they were a little bit banged up last season, but two of their starters last season were rookies. So having a season under the belt for both rookies, I'm hoping their offensive line gets better. They have to because their offensive line was a big issue last year. So right. uh, if there was one concern uh, uh, that I would have on the Falcons hitting the over on their win total, it, it's their offensive line. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. The other one I like, and again, you you went the other way on this one, which is, is totally fair and all your points you brought up. I kind of like the Saints over, actually. And look, they've they've got at least 11 wins 
in three straight years. They finally got Breeze a second receiver that he could rely on. It's not, you know, Ted Ginn anymore or Traquan Smith. It's Emmanuel Sanders, who I think is kind of a perfect fit for that team. They also added, you know, Malcolm Jenkins, that safety. So I think he's going to improve their defense. Their schedule, it lays out pretty well for them. And most of their tough games, the Chiefs, the 49ers, the Packers, the Vikings, all of those are at home, which is a major advantage uh, for the Saints. And look, I, Breeze is certainly not exactly what he once was. I mean, his completion percentage is still mind-boggling, um, but he doesn't have the arm strength that he used to or anything like that. But A, when you get him another receiver like they did, and B, bottom line is, you know, Teddy Bridgewater is not anywhere in the same class as Breeze, and they still win, I believe, 5-0 and when Bridgewater was in there last year. So I think even if Breeze starts dropping off, and I don't expect him to drop off a cliff. That's the thing. I don't think it's going to be the—there's always the risk that it's Peyton Manning in his final year, right? Where, you know, there are maybe a few signs the year before, but you certainly don't expect him to come out— and be like, all of a sudden, can't throw whatsoever. There's always that risk when you get to this age, but I haven't really seen enough signs on it from Bree, so I'm certainly expecting him to be, even if he's not what he was last year, not to to fall off a cliff. And I think the Saints, you know, their offensive scheme, as you saw with Bridgewater, adding in Emmanuel Sanders, gives them enough to be able to get to 11 wins here. Yeah, you, you made some good points there. One thing I, I hadn't looked at that kind of now I'm questioning whether or not I, I would go the under in the win total is the fact that they're, toughest games are at home uh that's a really good point they have a massive uh, home field advantage right um so yeah uh yeah. you convinced me from saying that i would take the under in that to now it's a stay away for me yes so, <laughs> there you go all right that's all i've ever wanted there is one thing that we uh, i think we'd be remiss if we didn't point out which is we don't know for sure that they're going to be playing these games in this schedule in the way it's laid out now right right we, we really don't know whether or not it's somehow going to be in other stadiums in other places so when you're when you're making your bets you obviously have to factor that in for now i think you go forward and personally i don't know about you ian i am expecting them to figure out a way to play the games as normally for basically an entire season now whether that means there are no fans in the stadium which is probably what i expect Mm-hmm. Uh, that's fine, but I do, and that may take away, by the way, from the home field advantage, of yes. course, without, without saying, unless you're Atlanta, right? Your boys who can pop in some uh, <laughs> crowd noise over there. Yeah, Maybe exactly. they should just allow everyone to do that. Just say, <laughs> all right, get your, get a tape of all your crowd noise that you get. And pop it in. But that, that is going to affect something. But still, again, even so, I, I still think just generally being at home, being in a dome, it's just better for Breeze and the Saints. So it is something where I lean over. And, uh, you know, I, I also, not not that I let this factor in, but I'd like to see Breeze be able to, to take one home. And I think he's still got enough left in the tank. And I think when he doesn't, he's going to walk away from the game. He's not going to be Brady, who's really probably going to hold on un- until no team will sign him, essentially. So that could be forever. But Let's move on here to our final division, the NFC West. You've got the 49ers over-under of 10.5, the Seahawks an over-under of 9.5, the Rams an over-under of 8.5, and, and the Cardinals over-under 7. So no real black sheep in this division at this point. How are you feeling about this one? Uh, the one that I like the most is the Rams over 8.5. I mean, this is a team that was in the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Obviously, the big determining factor of how they're going to do this season is Jared Goff. Um, he did not look great last season. Uh, he was probably their biggest reason why they didn't make the playoffs. 
I don't think he's a great quarterback. I don't think he's a top five quarterback, maybe not even a top 10 quarterback, but I think he is better than what he was last year. Um, eight and a half is too low of a number for a team. I'm still a big Sean McVay believer. I think he is one of the best coaches in the league. So I, I think it's just too low of a win total for a, a team with that much talent on the roster and that good of a head coach. Um, I like the over on that one. Uh, the other one that I'd be looking at in that division uh, is the under in the Cardinals because um, I'm not a believer whatsoever in Kyler Murray. Um, I need to see more of him. I just think he looks to run with the ball too much than too yeah too much than that I would like in a quarterback. I think I'd rather like to see him use his feet to gain more time in the pocket. But it seems like he pulls the ball down and looks for uh, areas to run a little bit too quickly when he's dropping back and going through his progression. So uh, seven, I think, is too many too many wins for the Cardinals. So uh, the two that that I like the most would be the under in the Cardinals and the over in the Rams. Interesting. Okay, so I don't I don't have a strong feeling on the Rams. I think if I were to go one way, it would probably be the over um they haven't had a great i mean they obviously you know they had no calf space whatsoever yeah. so they got rid of Gurley and they got rid of cooks who didn't really do all that much and yeah golf struggled but really that was because of the offensive line um and I, i'm not sure how much better it's going to be this year uh and you know something that i people haven't really talked about that much is wade phillips is gone he's not gonna be the defensive coordinator and i think he had mm. kind of a big impact but even then they still are a very talented team, um, even with all these warts. And I know they only went nine and seven last year, but I, I agree with you that I think McVeigh is going to be able to make certain adjustments. You know, seeing what he did last year to get them to nine wins. So I lean over a little bit now. I don't have a strong feeling on the Cardinals. I think seven sounds about right to me, but it is surprising to me. I think that you view this right out of the gate as a six-win team. Look, they went five, ten, and one last year, so they almost won six games i think you can you know for me i'm expecting kyler murray to to take a step forward you know and obviously they added deandre hopkins and you know yep. they'll have Kenyon drake the entire year so i do think you know murray you're worried about him looking to run every time he has the ball maybe he won't as much now both with just natural growth that comes from your second year and also the fact that he has a legitimate stud wide receiver out there they also you know they added a couple of pieces on defense you know they added Kennard, they had Jordan Phillips, they had Devondre Campbell. So it is going to be an improved team. It's to be clear, I don't like either side of this bet. Um, it's a tough division. Uh, the schedule is not great, and seven strikes me as a pretty solid number. But it just surprised me because you seem pretty pretty big on the under here. Yeah, it's just, I mean, and this is a take going into the NFL draft last year when Kyler Murray was was being drafted. I've never thought that he was going to be a, a great NFL quarterback. So it was kind of a hot take that I had to put out there and I'm just sticking to my guns. That's all right. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Their, their wins last year weren't by a whole lot of points. They beat the Falcons in a game they should not have won by one point. They barely got by the uh, the Bengals in another win, barely got by the Giants in another win. I don't know. I'm just not a Kyler Murray believer. Seven wins, I I just think it's too many. But, I mean, you you made good points. They have they have had a good offseason so far. I mean, you can't argue with uh, De bringing in DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, obviously, that's a huge upgrade. They have a very good receiving core. So, um, this is one I could see myself being dead wrong, and <laughs> to be completely honest. But, I, I, I from what I've seen from Kyler Murray, I just I, I don't think he, he he's a quarterback that can lead that team to over seven wins. Well, we did, you know, see last year that winning the with the Browns, winning the offseason does not mean, you know, success right. translating to, to the actual season. But I am more bullish on Murray, um, you know, especially with I, I agree that he he didn't really you know, there there were 
plenty of parts of his game that needed improvement. But, you know, again, I, I give rookies for a rookie quarterback. I was pretty impressed with what he was able to do, even if there were many games where I was like, ah, I don't understand what's happening right now. And I, I don't I'm not like in love with the system, you know, that they have there with Kingsbury. I understand it's 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 solid and and, you know, it, it works in college and it works in the NFL. But I'm not like overly in love with it. Still, I think you add DeAndre Hopkins, you give him Kenyon Drake, who I think he is for that system, a perfect fit. Uh, I, I'm a little more bullish on them. Again, not something where I really love it on either side of the seven. I was just a little more surprised that you were, you know, yeah, I'm going with the the under on this. The, the one that I kind of like, and boy, I don't even want to have to justify this because I look at it and I'm just like, I shouldn't because they were so overrated last year. They should not have been 11 and five, but I kind of like the Seahawks over Nine and a half. I mean, the team is is pretty intact, and they've added a little bit on their offensive line. They've added Greg Olson on their defense. You know, they re-signed Reed. They uh, they added Bruce Irvin. They traded for Quentin Dunbar for nothing, uh, basically. I don't know if they're going to get Clowney. I'd like to see them get Clowney. It would make me feel a lot better about it if he stops asking for, you know, $20 million a year, whatever he's asking for. They weren't an 11-win team. Um, but, again, you look at their schedule – you know, this year they get the AFC East, which I think is a relatively easy division. Um, you know, they'll get the Jets, they'll get the Dolphins. I'm of the view right now that the Patriots are not going to be a particularly impressive team. I, I realize that that's blasphemy, even without Brady, to to bet against uh, Belichick. But you know, to me, I, I think that's a game they can win. They get the Redskins. They have a lot of winnable games there, and then you know, they get a couple of their tough games like before. They get the Vikings, they get the Cowboys both at home. That's a really tough place to play. And, you know, they're a better team in my mind than the Rams and the Cardinals. So I think when you add that all up, and again, no matter what happens, if they ever just stop doing the Brian Schottenheimer, let's just run the ball on first Mm -hmm. down and run the ball on second down. And maybe if we fall behind, we'll let Russell Wilson be Russell Wilson, where we're 10 times as good as we are otherwise. I do think in the end that he's just a guy who, as long as they are relatively intact offensively, he'll get them to 10 wins. So I kind of like the Seahawks over nine and a half. I don't love it, but if there was one bet for me in the division, it would be the Seahawks slight lean to over nine and a half. Yeah, I do like that 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 uh, that pick. One thing that does worry me about the Seahawks, you made a lot of good points there. The Seahawks last season, if you took every team in the NFL and each one score game, you reverse the result. Right. Uh, the Seahawks would have the worst record in the NFC, I believe. So they yep. won a lot of very close games last year. So that is a big reason why I'm a little bit worried to take the over nine. But Russell Wilson, I mean, I think he's a. I mean, we're not talking MVP odds, but I think he's actually a sleeper to win MVP this season. Um, he was close to winning it last season. Uh, I think Russell Wilson is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. So it's I can't take an under uh, nine for a team that I think has an MVP caliber quarterback. And we were talking about Kyler Murray. If Kyler Murray wants to study a guy that he can replicate and have success with, it's it's Russell Wilson. That's what yeah. he needs to look at. And I don't know if maybe I'm just comparing the two because they're both short. Uh, and as a fellow <laughs> short guy, I, I can say that short quarterbacks have a little bit of a tough time. So. Uh, Russell Wilson uses his feet in the right way, though. He uses his feet to gain more time uh, in the pocket and behind the line of scrimmage instead of just tucking the ball and looking for a place to run all the time. So uh, if Kyler Murray wants to look at a guy that he can replicate and have success with, it's it's Russell Wilson. So it's hard for me to take an under uh, that Seahawks uh, win total of nine with Russell Wilson, but it's hard for me to take the over uh, just given how many um, how many close games they were in last year, and the other point that you made, which is a good point, is they just gotta they gotta stop running the ball so much. 
they need need to just because and that's a lot of the reasons why they won these close games is because late in the games it'd be they were barely winning or they were losing and then they would just let Russell Wilson be Russell Wilson and then Russell Wilson would do Russell Wilson type things and win the game for them on like a last second drive or something like that. So they just need to, they need to give the ball to Russell Wilson, even let him call plays sometimes run some no huddle with Russell Wilson. Uh, and they're going to find success that way. So uh, it, it's a stay away for me. Cause I just don't know about play calling and uh, how many close games there in last year, but I like Russell Wilson a lot. Yeah. The reversing of the one score games is actually something that we talked about last earlier this week when we were talking about the Chargers, because they were the opposite. If yes. you reversed, right, if you reversed their one-score games, and like the Seahawks, they were largely intact. Of course, the change in quarterback over there, but that was something to be bullish on. So that is a really good point. I, I think of this analogy with uh, baseball, where you know there are some times where you have all these expected statistics and what things really should be if they worked out with expected batting average or you know expected slugging percentage or what people should have done and there are some players that for whatever reason just outperform their expected stats they should mm-hmm. be this good they are actually much better and that's kind of how the Seahawks feel to me every time where yeah, yeah they're not that good a team but I think Wilson is just so good, especially when push comes to shove toward the end of the games that he's able to win so many games that they really should lose either because of their game plan or just because they were outclassed. It's just how good he is. The one point, again, which I think we, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about is their home field advantage may not be as much of a home field advantage if there aren't fans allowed to be in the stadium, which is a possibility. And if that's the case, then... Yeah, the fact, you know, one of the big things is is Quest is so difficult to plan because the noise is just sort of kept in and it makes it really difficult for all opposing teams. If there aren't fans, that home field advantage probably goes out the window a bit. So that is something to think about with the Seahawks because if that's true, then their, you know, games at home, like I just said, the Vikings and the Cowboys doesn't look quite as appealing. You know what I'm saying? Definitely, and it just just a quick note, just about home field advantage, because I mean, this is this is looking like it's going to be a very real thing that we're going to have to consider for the NFL season. Um, <clears throat> obviously, with the Seahawks and some other teams, the fans do play a big part in home field advantage. Um, but the biggest part in home field advantage, everyone talks about the fans, but the biggest part is just travel and time yeah. zone change. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think in the upcoming NFL season, if there is no fans at these games, I think. The public, the public, just public betters are going to overvalue that fact. Um, whereas I think I'm still going to consider home field advantage to be uh, to be an important factor, just because I think travel and time zone change is a much bigger factor when it comes to home field advantage more than fans. Now that's a little bit different with the Seahawks because they have that weird stadium that's built to make the crowd noise uh, even right. louder than what, what it naturally would be. So might may, so fans are more important at, at the Seahawks stadium than other stadiums. But just a quick note to think about uh, home field advantage from, from that perspective. A really, really good point. Absolutely right. I mean, not having to travel and, and getting to, you know, be comfortable and all of that is certainly a big deal, especially for teams on the coast when they mm-hmm. play teams from the other coast. That's a big yeah. deal. But again, yeah, you talked about it for certain teams, someone like Seattle, uh, a team like Seattle, it the crowd noise is a bigger deal because it keeps it in. But generally speaking, that's a really good point to remember as we get into the season, which is you're right. The public is probably going to be like, oh, well, you know, there's no fans. Forget about home field advantage yeah. when realistically, there's still certainly going to be a component. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Ian, that was great. 
thanks for coming on the show. Uh, it's been a while since we talked. I know, you know, again, you've probably got some Madden to go uh, be handicapping uh, <laughs> yeah. over there. So, uh, But it was great to catch up. Remind everybody where they can find more of you and your work when there is more than just Madden simulations, of course, to look at. Yes, absolutely. It's been nice talking to you, too. It's just been nice just to talk about sports for a change. Um, but yeah, if uh, anyone wants to follow me on Twitter, that's the best place to keep up with all my stuff. Uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show there, Ian Mac OS, and I have an extra I in Ian, so it's I-A-I-N-M-A-C-O-S on Twitter. Awesome. Well, thanks again for coming on. And when we get into the season, then I, look, I regardless of everything that's going on, I, I really, I do feel confident that there will be a football season in some way, shape, or form. So when there is one, uh, I'd love to have you back on. Absolutely, man. I can't wait. All right. Don't forget to head over to bettingpros.com to check out all of our consensus lines, including our draft day props and NFL futures. As I said, we're going to be back uh, on Monday talking about some of our favorite draft day props. Thanks again for listening, and I'll talk to you then. <laughs>